0: LANDY LANDY
1: Hello and welcome to Draw, Lose, or Draw, a podcast covering all things Partick Thistle. Joining me this week to look back on Saturday's collapse at home to Dundee, Rhys Haldane. Lisa are you well?
0: I am good. Uh, not very good in Thistle terms, but generally speaking, I'm fine.
1: Heather Holloway's here. Heather, are you good?
0: Good. Uh-
2: Great, thank you. Good to be back on the podcast and just gutted that it's going to be discussing another loss.
1: And rounding off our panellist week, he has truly put himself through the 90 minutes after being lucky enough to escape for him on Saturday, is David Forrest. David, how are you?
3: I mean, I was much better about two hours ago um, until you said Jamie McDonald can't make it tonight. David, will you come on and watch the 90 minutes? Um thank you Jamie, forever in my heart, um, you, you owe me a pint now for this.
1: <laughs> <laughs> well David, since you, since you put yourself through that when you, you really did not need to, I'll start with you this week and we'll start as we always do with the starting 11. There were three changes as we reverted to a back five and it was a 5-3-2 Darren Brownlee came in for Tunji Akinola, um, Lee Hodgson slotted in at right wing back, um, Kyle Turner came in for Stevie Lawless and Danny Mullen came in up front as part of a front two and Cammy Smith dropped out the side. Were you happy with that starting 11, David? What do you think Ian McCall was trying to achieve with the, the change of
3: shape? Oh, Christ knows. But um, yeah, there was a lot of air being sucked for teeth in the group chat when we seen the, the lineup. I think obviously conditions at the moment dictate what our team is. It's basically who are the 11 players that we can play at the moment. But even then, there was there was people on the bench who can play. It was it's one of those things where we've been so chronic recently that we kind of need to roll the dice a wee bit and shake things up. So whenever we make these changes, I can't exactly be too upset at it because it's like, well, the former didn't work, so maybe the latter will. I think it was all just down to like the sort of and coming in and stuff like that. How how attacking minded was Hodgson going to be? Uh, obviously um, at wing back and. Yeah, I wasn't too confident, but I kind of understood why. But it was just a case of, you know, roll the dice and see what happens. Yeah, I
1: think at the moment as well, if if Darren Brownley's preferred to all in a given week, I think you've got to play a back five. Um, I don't think Darren Brownlee in a back four at the moment really is an option. Um, Kyle Turner, I think, has been one of our better players despite the poor run of form. So fair enough, him coming in. And again, Danny Mullins been has sh- been shot on minutes. and. I think he's been well over due a start, um, so I don't think we were too unhappy with the players that were coming in. Lawless on the bench was maybe the the big disappointment, but there's maybe some some fitness or injury question marks over him at the moment.
2: Matt, can I just add in that I asked Stevie Lawless why he wasn't playing at the weekend? On Saturday, he said he was he's been ill, so he's um so he was he's not unfit, he's just recovering from an illness. So. That's-
1: Good inside Back. knowledge from the, the Hall of Fame right there, thank you.
2: Yeah, no problem. He was in really good form. He was very funny.
0: Uh, Rhys, what about you? What did you think of the team? Aye, much the same uh, as the opinions that David's just shared. When, when things are going against you, you'll try many different things to try and turn the tide. And Look at Danny Mullen, for instance. He was well over just start, as you say, but it's against his old team McColl's probably hoping that he'll be right fired up for this, try to maybe prove a point. Um, and to be honest, I, I think that did work. I thought uh, Danny Mullen was really good, obviously, We'll come on to the game in a wee minute, but he got two assists and he was holding the ball up well, uh, putting himself about and like, uh, pinning the defenders. So I thought he was actually really. I was I was actually rather impressed with him. Um, likewise with Aaron Brownlee, you've got to play a, a, a three at the back, five at the back, whatever way you want to look at it. If he's going to be playing, but I all in all, I, I know we, we sent it in the chat. We were kind of discussing it at the time, but and and as David mentioned, it kind of got bad reviews upon upon viewing. But actually wasn't too opposed to it because like I say, you need to change something and, and why not just try and I didn't think it was a bad team but of course we're, we're hamstrung with injuries that we've got we've, we're missing the whole spine of our team so you've got to sort of make do at the moment Um first half it looked brilliant second half shambles so aye.
1: Heather we were 2-0 up at half time and things were looking a bit, a bit improved although I think it was still a little bit nervous around for how Despite the two goal lead, how good do you think we actually were on the first half on Saturday?
2: Um yeah, so so talk about the first half. I think saying that we were fantastic in the first half would be difficult. I, I think we were definitely better than we were obviously against Queen um Queen's Park and some of the other games that we've played recently. We definitely made it harder for teams to break us down potentially they didn't know what formation that we were going to be taking so maybe that just took them a a half to understand it and then realize the best way to break it down I think it was a very bitty first half I don't think a lot of things flowed but it certainly was better but unfortunately from the performances that we've been seeing over the last few weeks what a better performance is still is about I mean barely past marks I would say it was better, but um, I think it was we really struggled to get any sort of creativity towards goal apart from the two goals that we scored. I actually don't think we had any other shots on target uh, or off target really. Um, we
3: didn't. I did. I did check if we did not have any other shots.
2: Yeah, I think we were. I think we were just annoying and hard to break down in the first half, and then completely decided to get rid of that in the second half and just opened opened all our channels and said, here you go.
1: I agree. I thought it was a a bit of game, to be honest. I never thought at any point the team was playing particularly well, even in the first half. I thought in the first half it was really a story of some really good individual performances. I thought after a sort of shaky first 10 minutes, I thought Darren Brownlee had a really good half hour at the end of the first half. I thought Stuart Bannigan was really good in midfield and obviously Harry Mellon popping up with his two goals. That's That's an outstanding contribution from left wing back. And then it was almost a reverse of that in the second half without the team being horrific. Just individual errors, as McCall sort of referred to from, from Mitchell and your head getting involved, really cost us, I think, rather than the team being particularly outstanding or particularly terrible at any point. David, I've mentioned that Ian McCall's mentioned it, that the individual errors, is that really just to blame? Is there anything else that went wrong on Saturday? Is it a confidence issue? Where, where's it all going wrong?
3: Yeah, it's kind of coalescing what it is, sort of confidence issues and sort of sloppiness of mistakes. I mean, the Mitchell goal wasn't great. He should really have a bit more command of his box and been a bit more safe with that. And obviously when that goes in, everyone knew what was happening. I knew what I wasn't even there and I knew what was going to happen. And like the team knew it and the heads do drop, even when you're still 2-1 up. When it goes to two each, you, you're you're absolutely scunnered, and then three two, there's no way back. And there's a big confidence issue there. I think if we were to get rid of the sort of silly errors, I don't really don't think they help the confidence. Because, I mean, outside of Queens Park, I'd say I don't think we have been really, really, like absolutely scudded by a team. Like, you know, it's Queen's Park, have they, they've had the better of us in both games. I mean, like today, oh, not today, Saturday, Dundee, as you say, weren't very good and we were 2-0 up and, you know, they, they got a mistake and then made it 3-2. Even the air game, it was very much a closer game than the score. Imagine when you're 3-2 down, you kind of go for it and then you can see 4th or whatever. Rafe Rovers, I mean, we were rubbish as well. But like, I don't think Rafe Rovers are very good and it's not like these teams are absolutely clinical... Teams are just destroying people or anything like that. It is a weird league as it is, but our confidence is so low at the moment that people can just take advantage of it. And these errors really do not help, they just make things 10 times worse.
1: Well, that probably opens us up to the first listener question. We had quite a lot of correspondence on Twitter this week, as we usually do after defeats. Uh, And I'll just open this up to anyone that wants to come in. Alan McMillan's asked, and I've sort of heard this bandied around. I think the first time I've heard this sort of subject spoken about was. During the Archer era, and then I think again during a bad run under Caldwell. So Alan McMillan's asked, "Do you think we should use a a sports psychologist if if we aren't already to to sort of improve the confidence because we were such a confident team for the first couple of months of the season and it's it's all sort
0: of evaporated." I, I think it is something that we as a club need to sort of look into. I don't know whether it's something you what, we, we need to take on board, but definitely a. a an issue that we need to address. Just the mentality around our club is, it's embarrassing. Because like like like, Dave, like David said there, obviously they make a, a triple change at half time. They bring on two strikers and a, a forward-thinking midfielder. And before they would even scored a goal, before they troubled us, I just go, we're in for one here. Because you know they're going to throw the kitchen sink at us. And as soon as Mitchell drops that ball, like, it's it's two-one uh, at that point. But I know that Dundee are going to win that game. And, and like I said before we started recording. I think it was just that a couple of weeks ago Matt we haven't came back from trailing at halftime to win a game in four or five years but it happens against us so often like the mentality is just shocking like I don't, I don't know what it is I don't know if it's bigger than the players if it's part of the, even the whole club like the, the fans and whatnot but as soon as a goal goes in you just know and like the goals that we, we give away as well Dundee didn't even have to work for it We just sat back and we invited invited The pressure, the second goal Could have been a handball, was Scrappy in the box And they tap it in on the line And just, I don't know what we're going to touch on it again as Later on, but stupidity from your head Sticking the nut in, like a player when he's already On a yellow card, and the referee Must have missed that because it just gave him a second Button, even the third one is, I, don't, I don't think it's our own goal But the ball's going right into Mitchell's hands And Brownlee's flicked in, again Like just, shambles three goals to concede and like we say again with the mentality as soon as we go behind in that situation you would be as well leaving because there's no way that we're going to get an equaliser and the substitutions as well I don't even want to touch on that I know I'm kind of going off the question and ranting a wee bit but I don't have a problem with bringing on Xander McKenzie I think he's a really good young player and he's probably my favourite out of the younger players from what I've seen but he's like I know he can play everywhere but primarily he's a midfielder probably attack attacking midfielder and we bring him on and shift him to right-back, and put a right-back into midfield, I just don't get that, you're hanging a young boy out to dry, and then even worse, when it goes to, to two each, he brings on Ben Stanway into the middle as well, he never brings these young boys on when we're 5-1 up or 4-0 up, he brings these boys on when we're getting scudded away to Ray for and a pressure game with 10 men against Dundee, and it just it, it makes them look bad, so you've got to sympathise with them, so honestly it was just a, a, a bad day all round, and after it's starting so well, it's... I feel really gutted for Harry Milne. I know you mentioned individual uh, performances. I thought he was outstanding in the first half, even defensively as well, the amount of tackles he put in. I think Jack McMillan, he's personally so far, he's my player of the year. I think he's brilliant every week. Darren Brownley was fine, and I actually thought Muirhead was all right up until his red card. So just to undo all that, that good work in the first half, as we say, one and a half chances. I don't even think Harry Milne's first goal was a chance, to be honest. He's kind of made that out of nothing. So uh, it's, it's disappointing that we hadn't done that.
1: The this, this substitution thing, Reese. I agree with you. I've like I said when I tweeted that the stat about as not winning a game from behind that it's hard to criticise individual substitutions. But I really would love like to hear McCall's explanations for individual substitutions because some of them the way the subs work now with the three substitution windows and he made the last one bringing Stanway on at a time where he then couldn't make any more substitutions and the match was still in the balance with quite a long time ago. I didn't get that. I didn't get that at all. I would love to hear an explanation for things like that on an almost weekly basis. Some of it, some of it really baffles me. Um, Heather, just come back to the, the sort of confidence and mentality issue. Are there any other solutions you think we should be looking into to sort of address that?
2: I know from listening to, um, you know, podcasts with former players and things that they always joke about. You always know when if you're going for the team meal or like a team bonding night or something, then that's normally the road out for the manager. Um, And, uh, you know, you do worry, you know, when you start talking about sports psychologists, things like that. Will it be, what was it, that Gary Caldwell got them, you know, the SAS thing and um, Bryson and running away? You know, that's the kind of thing that you immediately start to think of. But I do think that there needs to be, I totally agree with Reese. like, you know, there needs to be a mentality change at the club. And, you know, the the fact that we are so so open to be broken down, that our set-piece strategy, I mean, there doesn't seem to be one. And um, we don't know how to hold on to leads and you know you go back to every time McCall's saying that you know we'll be a team that scores goals we'll be a team that will um you know we've got a team of depth and we're just not using the depth in the correct way and we've not given people like Mullen a longer run elsewhere so then when we're then counting on them to be the, the game changers when our when when our teams out that's really difficult I do think it'd be a good thing to be able to focus on for the for the players and for them to really, you know, get a grip on how we can make our team better and how we can, you know, make sure that, th- that this, you know, conceding three or more goals is not becoming a personality
3: trait. I was sorry, I just wanted to come in just because you mentioned about Caldwell and the SES mission and stuff like one and this will be sacrilege on this pod, obviously, right? But one of the one of the few positive points I felt that we got out of the call of managerialship is that you mentioned Matt about you know that this sort of sports psychologist Shaq came in during Archie when Archie was there because we were conceding like goals all of the time. Like we've talked before, we had like a season we just seemed to concede every week after the 80 minutes, but that kind of dried up a bit under call well He did kind of. Figure that out. It's just a shame. Literally everything else he did was f- fucking rotten, but he did sort stop like, sort of those late goals and did change that mentality a little bit. And he did talk about. It. I remember when the meet the management. meetings about sort of try. To, he he had identified this mentality, of this sort of losers mentality, and tried to change it and done it in a frankly ridiculous David Brent way. But it, it's been there for years.
1: You are right, David. Because it did it did drop. Cobble did sort of stop us conceding late goals and it went into I think up well. we've not even conceded that many late goals under McCall I don't think and no. I, d- I don't really think that's the issue I think it's just the confidence right now for the last month has fallen off a cliff and it's not like an ongoing thing where we're conceding late goals it's just the confidence is so low that when Dundee got some initiative in that game you could just see what was happening it's not like a thing that's been going on for years with late goals that I think this we're talking about psychologists or something to improve the confidence is needed it's just because the confidence has gone down so quickly that's that's why it's needed i agree with
2: that and i think also it's more the fact that when when we concede one currently you just know it's not going to it's, it's not going to be just one yeah. and i think that earlier in the season when we maybe and you know was it is it Inver- inverness that we beat 4-1 and um, you know, and we let in one goal, and everyone was just so disappointed that we, you know, we hadn't got a clean sheet. That just seems like many moons ago. And I just think now, the minute our defence and our goalkeeper get stranded and get caught out once, it's just um, we just we almost, you know, we move we move over and give them an open goal.
1: Yep, I, right. I'm going to kick off the goalkeeping issue because I know it's a it's something we've spoken about a lot, and. I, <laughs> From the start, I've said I wouldn't have dropped Jamie Sneden, but I've never, I don't think I've ever said I would drop Mitchell. I think if McCall's picked Mitchell, fair enough, you've got to stick with him. I think now is the point, you drop him. He said a, a howler on Saturday, I've watched the goal five or six times, and it's not even the error comes because he doesn't attack, and I'm not going to get all wanky and technical with goalkeeping, he doesn't like attack the ball at the highest point, which allows the Dundee player to challenge him. If Mitchell attacks the ball two or three steps in front. His hands are way above the Dundee's head and he takes that cleanly. So it's like a technical error. That's what really not costs the game because there's still half an hour to go, but that's what really changed the initiative. I don't think Mitchell has been impressive really in any aspect of the game. I know we've spoken about, oh, is he an improvement on Snedden in terms of his distribution? Maybe it is is, but I don't think it's enough to to warrant him being on the side. I, I just don't think he's a technically good, good goalkeeper at this level he's not making howlers but some of the goals he's conceded this season I think are just like quarter errors or half errors that are adding up to to now lots of goals that could have been prevented by a better goalkeeper and I know a lot of fans and this is a a separate issue so I don't want to merge the two I know a lot of fans don't think Sneddon is up to the job, that's fair enough if you think Sneddon's not up to the job. I'm just sort of talking about, I don't think Mitchell is up to the job and I would put Sneddon in because I think Sneddon proved last season he can do a, a, a very capable job for a prolonged period of time. I know he tailed off at the, the end of last season. Fair enough if you think there's a, a debate to be had about signing a new goalkeeper in January. But I, I think it's time to take Mitchell out of the side. I think he's had a run, fair enough, and it's not worked.
3: I I would agree. I think for me, I think we mentioned this earlier on this season where When we were doing well about eight years ago, about how all the goals you conceded were silly errors, a lot of them with Mitchell at least partly to blame, and I I think I mentioned positive at that point the idea that if Sneddon was in goals, do we lose those goals, and do we draw with Hamilton or Cove or do you know what I mean on there? And I think that we probably have picked up more points when we were good if we didn't have those silly errors, like the Hamilton game being a key one. I don't think Snedden is absolutely perfect. Snedden also makes errors himself, but I just think in terms of if you take aspects of their game, I don't think there's anything that Mitchell can do that is head and shoulders above what Snedden can do, where I go, yeah, you have them in because of this. Cause I think Mitchell can pull off some half decent saves, but so can Snedden. Snedden can pull up some brilliant saves as well. Um, I, I
1: would just come in on that David, like I, I don't think Mitchell has pulled off. I think that's part of the problem for me. Like he, he doesn't make many saves. Uh, that you go, wow, that's that's a. <laughs> Sneden does that, but Sneden obviously <laughs> makes the errors as well. But I think Sneden is more capable of match winning saves. I yeah, like to come two. in a, two seconds, Reese. I just wanted to say as well. I think we've we've spoken about Mitchell being in possibly for his distribution and his communication. But even, see, when Holt's out of the team, we're not playing short. He's, he's taking long goal kicks anyway. So it, the fact that Mitchell might be a better distributor of the ball
0: in, at this point doesn't really matter for the way we're playing. I, I, was, I was waiting to come in with that exact point, Matthew. Um, I, I don't think Mitchell does make the massive saves either. I remember one right at the beginning of the season in the league cut away to Kelly from Daniel Armstrong. That's probably his best save I've seen him make. Whereas Sneddon's played sort of a bit part role this season. And I can think off the top of my head, two huge saves at Hamilton Aki's and a couple of other big saves here and there from Snedman. But I, I do think Snedman is a good goalie, a decent goalie. I don't think he's brilliant. And I do think uh, a lot of sort of the clean sheet form that they had last year was down to how good that Holt, Mayo and Tunji at that time were in front of him. That being said, I, I've backed Mitchell up until now. Um, and I have erred on the side of the things that he has to his, his advantage. is a bit more vocal his kicking is a bit better than Sneddon's, but I do think that um, that the sort of Mitchell experiments ran its course, and I, I don't mean to tear Mitchell apart, but he's, what, 30-odd now, coming, not not to the end of his career, he's still a relatively fine age for a keeper, but he's not he's never played at this level before. Obviously, he got a move from Clyde to Hibs to be third-choice keeper during, during the whole Covid thing, where keepers had to train separately, but He's probably not good enough for this level, and he's trying to compensate with doing this sort of off the ball stuff that he does, getting the ball back in play quick and whatnot. But uh, at this point, I think it's time to get a change. Whether we go for a new keeper, I think it's something that we do need to get. Sneddon doesn't really fill me with confidence, but I do think Snedden's probably the better shot stopper. And at this moment in time, we need to stop the goals that we're leaking. So uh, Snedden's got to come in for me away to Morton. And I, I hate I hate talking about the keepers because it seems like we talk about it every week and it's it's almost boring. But uh, Snedden for me now. Heather any thoughts?
2: I would just say that I was sitting quite near the front on Saturday because I had my nieces with me I know we talked about the fact there that we think that Mitchell's is a really good communicator but I thought one of the reasons why some of the goals were conceded on Saturday was due to the lack of communication and potentially that is from Holt not being there but I thought in general, setting up for free kicks and corners, Mitchell wasn't that vocal, and I expected to be able to hear more from him, but he was quite quiet, and it certainly was not a foul in the first one. I th- I think it's only fair if Sneddon gets a shot on Saturday because something needs to change. McCall changed the um, the lineup and the formation on Saturday, and while and we got goals, obviously we didn't win. But it was different and I think we just need to keep on changing until we find the solution or, as we say, a January transfer window um, thing comes in. But I think it's, Sneddon, it's Sneddon's now because Mitchell, that's the first time I've seen like on social media and things, him getting named as the reason why we've lost.
0: So just to come in there with regards to the goal before we move on, I, I don't think it's a foul. I think it's a, a legitimate goal. But that being said, I think if Mitchell makes a meal of like that, goes down like he probably gets a foul. How many times have you seen keepers getting awarded soft fouls? And like the keepers look, they sorry the referees looking at it. Like the referee was peering round defenders to have a look, and Mitchell's like just on his knees. Like Mitchell knows that he's made a howler. But see if he's rolling about on the deck, he, I think you probably get a free kick there. So I think if you are a wee bit more street, mark, street smart, sorry, then you probably get something. But even towards the end, I remember probably about the eighth minute, I think Paul McMullen or something. A, an absolute p-roller, and it's one year when you keep it. through his cap on and get the ball back at the pitch, and Mitchell's palmed it round for a, a corner. At that point, I, I know that's a pure up your nothing moment in the game, but that's when I was like, mate, he's not good enough. So was
2: it not what? at two? Was it at two one or two two where he punched it?
0: Aye. Yeah. And I
2: thought to myself, well, why didn't you? If you were that, if you're punching, why didn't you just punch the like like the goal? Because you know, if if you're feeling that unconfident, then just you know, instead of doing whatever he like whatever he did in the first one. But I totally agree. I think that's a fantastic point because so many people were were calling for a foul, which it wasn't. But I mean we saw what happened to Joe Hart a few weeks ago when he just like fell and like looked like an absolute idiot in the in the reruns, but actually, you know, did quite well for himself.
1: No, I think that is a good point because there was a few focus around me saying, oh, was that a foul? And the reaction of the, it wasn't even just Mitchell. None of the players were, another outfield players were climbing for a foul either. And you're right, outside the ground, i has been a few folk saying six or seven times out of ten you get a foul for that, but you're only getting it if you shout for it. And we didn't. The, the last thing I would say on uh, Sneden, I think Sneddon hits his best form when he does get a run in the side. I've I've said this before on the podcast. You think back to the end of the. The Gary Caldwell 19 season where we stayed up at Palmerston and he made that big save at Palmerston and he got a run in the side at the end of that season. And then in, in the middle of last season when he was keeping those clean sheets and making some some really brilliant saves when he got the run in the side. So I, I would say give him a run in the side till the January transfer window and look at the situation again. Then hopefully we won't need to talk about uh, goalkeeping situations again um, until then. Uh, the next um, contentious issue is Aaron Muirhead's temperament. Uh, like Yuri, I thought actually Aaron Muirhead had, had a decent game and I don't really want to... I know he's been sort of off the boil in, in recent weeks and that's probably due to the fact, um, Ian McCall's reference, he's not fully fit, he's he's playing with injections. But what can you do when one of your like most experienced players, he's wearing the captain's armband at the time, gets involved in something like that? It, when the game is at 2-2 and it's, it's still there for the taking?
0: It's just, it's sheer stupidity because like, as you say, I thought Muirhead was really good and when Muirhead's good, he's he's great and he was just solid. He was put, like, he never tries to do it into a fancy. If in doubt, put the ball out. He just, it was fine. It was looking solid and obviously picked up that soft button for, I think it was a foul on Ruddin when he went up for a header and at that point, just know like, Muirhead on a yellow card Is a liability As it is Never mind the stupid stuff So when that goal goes in Nothing had even happened At this point But the referee's running over to him And all you need to do Is get in Muirhead's ear He's got the shortest fuse In Scottish football Kamikar's up Celebrating in his face And he's I don't It's hard to tell But he's like leaned into him And felt to the deck So he's made it look like He's tripped And stuck the nut in him. But I So It's just You can't be doing that The fact that he's on a button And knows fine well and he's still doing that. Like it's just, I don't know if it's because he was wearing that old kit, it just it came over him again that he's back in the Rams the Cup final or something. But like back to his old ways, he's, he's made he's made enough comments about he's eradicated that part of his game, which is obviously a lot of shape. But <laughs> <laughs> it, it's just it's so bad now, mate. It's, I, I'm dreading seeing during the game somebody turn around and they went, mate, we've got Morton next week. No hope, no Muirhead. head. It's gonna be Dingy <laughs> and Brownley. But McMillan's got to play, but I don't know. I'm dreading even thinking about that, but he's an idiot for that. one.
2: Also, Reese, he's 32 years old. Like that's the kind of thing that I don't mean I I mean, you're not giving him a pass for for it when you're younger, but you know, some like that's the kind of thing when you're a little bit younger, you get wound up in the moment. You like you can sort of understand it, but 32 to be to 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 react like that, and I mean also he was so despondent after the Rafe Rovers game. He just like in in that post match interview, I thought he'd be trying his best to just come across as someone who wants to be there for the team. And um, I just I you know and also you know he's managed to eradicate what he did after the Ram, you know during the Ramsden Cup final. People could if we hadn't won the league that year, the and um, the reaction to Aaron your head could have been a lot different but because you know it kind of became a joke it kind of became a song and we did win the league he's actually got away with that and i do think when you think about the amount of young children that are at eh, for hill on a saturday or wherever and seeing that and seeing maybe one of their favorite players thinking that that's a good decision it's just it just shows a lack of education in the football world it shows that he doesn't really think about his team and, you know, I you, you actually knew it was happening before it did because Ruddin and all, and the other boy went to go get the ball and all he had to do was just give it back to them. I know it's hard. I know like you're wound up in that moment, but all he had to do was just move away. And the fact that it was a headbutt of all things after what happened in the in that cup final. I just found it really disappointing, especially as someone who's supposed to be a leader in the team. And then because of him, all the young boys at Firhill got shoved out and didn't get the chance to play in a game which is suited to them.
1: As well as the one on Saturday, I think it subbed off after 20 minutes, half an hour, however long it was at Petodji, because he was on a booking and he he slid in and he was lucky not to get a second booking up at Petodji as well. And he was wearing the captain's armband. And
0: if you've not learned by... 32 When are you going to learn? I mentioned at the time See that Aberdeen Dean lost That, that was a, a confidence killer You knew that at the time But I didn't imagine It being this bad And I think the player that's sort of took it the worst Has been Muirhead Because as you mentioned Hooked after 20 minutes Then the game after He's wanting to bounce back He's wanting to make an impact Misses the penalty And his form just fell off a cliff And to do that At the weekend As Heather said I, I love a passionate player I love a player That gets tore in Wears his, wears his heart in his sleeve but it's just stupidity because he's chucked the game, it's, I think that's sixty 69th minute, you've got 20 minutes, 25 minutes plus it, like, injury time, whatever, to play like, you know as soon as that's a red card you know it, it's, it's at half time you know that Dundee were going to come back into the game but to get a red card when it goes to each and chuck the game is so bad, it's so so bad
1: I think the Aberdeen game is going to be a real real one to look back on as a sliding doors
2: moment for for lots of things and why is it always Aberdeen? You know, after that, the reenactment day, you know, it just seems to be our, you know, the the team that just stick out for us, really.
1: David, I've kept you out of this conversation because I have the, the perfect listener question for you. And Drew has tweeted in and asked, if Aaron Muirhead found himself in the way of running bulls in Spain, how many bulls do you think he could take out before eventually being taken out himself?
3: This is a very much an extension of the Alley fighting thousand chickens, isn't it? It's the, the this the, the sort of maximalist version of that. oh, I mean bulls are quite big. Um <laughs> huge, huge if true. Um sources claim a uh, citation needed. Oh, I think you could take a couple out. I mean the thing is that like that the the the, run, the running of the bulls is insane. Like they they can fuck you up. Just one of them. So I think in in mass that's going to be difficult. I'll I'll say he'll get in the double digits. Wow. And then like it will all go south straight. Like on number like, eleven, it will go south. Um. So I'll say
1: ten. Yeah, I'll go with that. Like. Because as much as he does like a headbutt, I feel like we've probably not seen him headbutt his his full his full capabilities. But um, bills bills are quite big. At least we've got this week's episode title sorted. Um, David, I'll stick with you, and we'll have a chat about Ian McCall again. Um, do you, do you think that result on on Saturday changes anything for him in terms of the board? When do you think ah uh, when do you think it reaches breaking point?
3: I mean, we. I'm not McCall out yet, right? For better or for worse, I'm not McCall out. And again, I still stick by my, uh, my idea, my, my, my belief that getting rid of McCall now would be absolutely distra- disastrous for us for many years to come. But we are pish, right? We are really pish. And how many other managers could get away with being this pish mm, To the the same level that McCall does, I think he's going to be in a tight leash very, very soon. And I I do think the Kelly game, the Kelly game, is the one. I think if we lose that Kelly game, he is gone. If we win that Kelly game, and hopefully the God's grace is worth like hibs or hearts away, a stupid not the old firm. Nobody wants that. But like a tie where we can go and have a day out and we make loads of money, the board will be like, all right, okay, well, we've got the Hibs money to come and all that. And then they'll they'll give them that. But if we lose to Kelly, I think that is the game to look at. Because if we lose to him, I think he is gone.
0: Bruce? See, I want to say
4: like,
0: I'm not McCall either. I, I, I'm back McCall, just now as well, And I do think that when, I'll say this for a bated breath, but when the injured players come back, we will improve. But I want, I want to ask you something. Can you tell me how Partick Fissel play? Like, what is Partick Fissel's style of play? Like, I've I seen someone, I, I'm sorry I didn't take your name, but I've seen one of the questions on the podcast. Does, has McCall got a lack of tactics? And I actually think he does. He's a good man manager and he's probably a good motivator. He's probably a, pe- a people person. But what is his style of play? Uh, how does he set a team up? For me, if you ask me, Fissel's tactics, get the ball with Tiffany and hope Tiffany does something. If Tiffany's on his game, Fissel are going to be class. If Tiffany's no, then Fissel are shite. That is not... You can't build a team around hoping one player does well and hoping on individual performances to, to win games. And of course, majority of the time it does work and it, when it's, things are going good, it's all rosy, it's all sunny. But when things are going bad, how do you stop this tide? That's five games in a row we've lost. Obviously, we've got the injured players out, but I don't see it from game to game. Like first we're trying the same thing every week and we're, we're trying to play the same style of football. We don't. There's no identity to the way that we play, and that buck lies with the manager. I don't think you should get, be sacked. Uh, definitely not saying that, but what is that? Like, can, no, do you have, a, do have a, an answer I, to that? I
1: agree with you, Rhys. We've spoken about like what is McCall Ball, um a lot on podcasts, maybe in the, the League One season and at the start of last season. I totally agree, and it sort of ties in with what I was saying last week about McCall's strengths and weaknesses are very clear. Like, is he's, he's, he's so good at recruiting, his man management is is really good, and but tactically is where he's fallen down. And I sort of highlighted the the in game change game changes, but you're right about the style of play as well. There's there's not any, and that does get masked by the the amount of good attacking players he seems to be able to put on a, a field at any one stage of time. And, Achieve sort of relative degrees of success with. I, I agree with you. I'll come to you in a second here. I agree with David and Reese. I'm not quite McCall out yet. I think he's still got credit in the bank from from the League One winning season and last season, where you look at the other two full seasons he's had, and in and both of them he's achieved the objective. He won League One. He got into the playoffs. And last season they were probably the objectives at the start of the year. But he has frustrated me week on week. I mentioned earlier the, the subs, it just. Frustrates the life out of me. Heather, are you still with us? Are you still McCall in or are you looking for a change?
2: I don't think I'm right now, you know, I wouldn't I wouldn't be expecting tomorrow to hear that McCall's out. Um, but I do think there needs to be a change. And I think we have in the past had um a record of keeping managers for too long and having a little bit too much trust. But I also don't know if we have got the capacity to be able to take on a new manager and um, and what that really entails because, so, I mean, obviously all the signings are McCall signings and um, a lot of these people are here because of Ian McCall and I think that'll be really tricky. Um, I think there needs to be a change. I think if he if he keeps Mitchell in at the weekend and, you know, continues to do the whole bring on the young boys when things are really tough, I think I will more and more be, you know, be thinking that you know the t- the clock's ticking here, um. But I would maybe give the benefit of the doubt with the fact that these people are out. But I just hate the fact that we have again this season become a team that just depends on certain people to be on their on their a game. And you know, I mean, it just sums up, doesn't it? Reese asking what is the Partick Thistle style of play, and it's just the song, isn't it? You know. Um, you know when the part of it started to play, Captain by Ross Doherty. Basically, our team is Ross Doherty and um, who's a part who stops things, and Scott Tiffany who gets the ball. I mean, I, I guess if you think about it, maybe our our way of play is using the the wide players as you know our wide defenders to to bomb up and down the pitch to kind of sod Aaron T- Taylor Sinclair um, finesse of it all. But I mean, that was you know that was ten years ago. And no- nothing seems to have really changed that much. And then, you know, when we were in the when we were in the Premiership, all we did was just try and stay in and don't get relegated for as long as possible. Um, I think we I think we really struggle and uh, to to define what what we are as a team. You know, for example, when you go and play St Johnston, you know that they are going to be a long ball team who get a one 0 lead and then protect it like nothing else. And, you know, it used to be boring, boring Kelly, you know, things like that. But we don't, you know, I th- I think the way that we almost are, the way that we play is let's see how many goals that we can concede as possible.
1: I think the style of play one is an interesting one, I, th- I think. Under Archie, we'd, I'd say we definitely did have a style of play. I thought we played some some really nice football um, and it was sort of emphasised with the fullbacks, and it did come from McNamara. Like, McNamara probably deserves a lot of credit, and Archie inherited that and ran with it and brought in new fullbacks and, and continued to run with it. And that maybe lost its way in the relegation season when we had the injuries and we were filling players in in those fullback positions, which I think were the key positions then. Caldwell, I think, sort of had similar sort of ideas, and he seemed to focus on pressing a bit more, which is probably why guys like Doolin and Erskine were phased out, which again, fair enough, if that's the way you're going to go down eh, the Erskine-Doolin discussion, you know, obviously that wasn't ideal. But if, you, if you're if you sort of not wanting those players, just enough purely football thing, fair enough. It becomes a problem for McCall when we're losing. We never speak about Ian McCall's, what are his tactics, or is he a good tactician when we're winning? It's it's a problem when we're losing and he's he's got to find answers. And it, it could be just that, Individual performances improve and sort of it gets them out of a hole. And we might, you know, somebody might <laughs> score a hat trick at Capo, and individual performance might dig them
0: out, and we might go on another run again. Rhys. And it's, it's becoming apparent now, like, how many times have you heard Ian McCall's teams love to start well and then they fall off a cliff, they just seem to tail off, and that's because. I, I I personally think that in football, I've said that something times, the most important thing is confidence. McCall builds his team off confidence. and you ever see it? So look at it, beginning of the season, McCall wins a game where United, Shanklin gets a couple of goals, and that carries on for so long until they hit a bad patch, and McCall doesn't know how to turn it around. And, and you look back to our League One season, we were we were mints. We're sitting mid-table, and we signed Scott Tiffany, who's carrying a bit of confidence, and he scores. and he got an assist on his debut against Cowden Beef. And he scored a double the next week against Airdrie. And that just carried on. And the momentum just built and built and built. And it ended up taking us into the championship. And we were fine. And then you look at last season. We carried that on up until the end of the season when Tiffany was out. People want to blame the pitch. But our confidence, it was just obliterated. And we carried that right to the end of the season. Got pumped by Inverness in the playoffs and the season was done. So McCall has a chance to rebuild the confidence again in the summer, bring in fresh faces, and the confidence is good again. But now this is this is a test of McCall's credentials. Of course, he's got he's got credit in the bank, he's been a manager for 20 years. But how is he going to turn this around now? That's five doings. Oh, let's be let's be real. It's five doings in a row we've kind of had. So how can this turn around? But as you say, you're basically hoping for somebody. To, put a hat out of the bag like put a a rabbit a hat even sorry and just hope (laughs) for the best so I I I don't know I don't know where the butt's going to end but I'm praying it's a Saturday
2: I do also think like I know we're talking about McCall here but someone made a great point on Twitter about the fact that um you know our two assistant managers are two defenders and surely it's embarrassing for them the fact the amount of goals that we've conceded and surely if you've got defenders in your management team that part of your strategy and part of your the way that you set up should be that you're hard to beat and that you can defend corners etc I just feel like we're just you know repeating ourselves sometimes on on here talking about the fact that we aren't able to defend that I've also just found some of the names you know um, around who could come in quite interesting like my dad was saying to me that Tam Courts was, his name was being shared, um, Jack Ross, obviously, and then the one and only, uh, that Twitter account supporting the Neil Lennon charge. You know, I never thought any of these three names would be anywhere near Thistle, but um, interesting.
1: We'll definitely have a podcast on who's to who to come in if, if Ian McCall does get the does um, lose his job that's that's maybe a conversation for another day and um, we will break there as this is going to be the longest podcast in history and we will go over to match day three and group B of our Draw Loser Draw quiz tournament which features one of the greatest uh, quizzing duels of all time strap in Welcome to our, our latest section of our Draw, Loser Draw Party Thistle quiz. We have reached match day three in Group B and our first matchup is uh, we've got Kieran Ashton. Kieran, how are you feeling going into into this into the last game of the group?
4: Uh, yeah, I'm looking forward to it. Obviously, uh, the um, the first uh, match day against uh, Heller was, I mean, it shocked me. I, I don't know if it shocked anybody else, but it definitely shocked me. So yeah, um, I'm, I'm looking forward to it. I don't know. I don't know what's going to happen. Um, I might absolutely bomb this and bottle it completely. But yeah, I'm looking forward to it. And we
1: have Connor Steele. Connor, you've you've lost your first two games, but it was a, a much improved performance in match day two against Heather. How are you feeling into this one against Caden?
4: Uh, I feel I've maybe got a bit of a, a confidence at a last match bounce after the performance against Heather, but I'm still not not right up there.
1: Hopefully we can get you some, some points on the board then. Kieran, we we'll start with you. The same format, five questions, uh, and you can take an away one at any time. Your first question. Who scored their only Thistle goal on the last day of last season at air? Alex Skubiak. Yeah, Kieran, you you're off the mark. Connor, your question one. Who currently wears the number 10 for Partick Thistle? Anton Downs. Yes, off the mark. Good start from both players. Kieran, your second question. Niall Keown scored before being sent off against who? Aberdeen. Yeah, that's correct. Good answer, Kieran. Connor, Andrea Matumbu's other spell in Scotland was at which club? Imps. Not correct, Kieran, for a bonus point? Inverness. Yeah, that's correct. Well done. Good still. And we'll come back to you, Kieran. So, which current outfield player? Has played the most games for Thistle without scoring.
4: Um, I'm going to go with Barrigan. No, nope, not correct.
1: Connor,
4: as in they haven't scored at all, or yep. in a row without scoring.
1: Yep, haven't haven't scored
4: for Thistle. Um, Cameo Smith. Nope. The correct answer is Darren Brownley. Uh,
1: your question three Connor. Tamil Ware scored his only league goal for Thistle at what ground? Dens Park. Nope. Kieran for a steal. Yeah, good answer, Kieran. You take a 6 2 lead with a couple of questions to go. Kieran, your question in the 2003 04 season, who was Thistle's final top flight win against, which would be their the last win at that level for nine years?
4: Um, Marwell, not Oklahoma.
1: Nope. Connor, do you want to guess for a point? Aberdeen. Nope, it was Hibbs. Uh, Connor, your question. Or, who scored a hat-trick for Thistle in a 3-0 win at Dens Park in April
4: 2012 I, I think you can guess my answer <laughs> is it Chris Dillon
1: it's, it's not Chris Dillon Kieran for a steal
4: um, Erskine no nope
1: per, know this one.
2: It's oh hello yes there. I do I do James Kearney <laughs> James Kearney Er uh,
1: James Kearney must have had quite a career change it was Paul Kearney
2: oh sorry, sorry. <laughs> <laughs> you, can that I've been, you can tell that I've been reading all afternoon <laughs> sorry yeah it's Kearney uh,
1: Kearney your question five uh, do you want to stick with a home question or are you going to twist with an um, away, and, uh, away
4: I'll go with an away one go with an away one
1: who has won the challenge cup the most times
4: um, which club I should say is it, is it Wraith Rovers
1: it's not Wraith Rovers um, Connor for a point Paul Kirk. well done Connor that was correct you're going to steal three points there so you've you've made this a close encounter it's now 6-5 to Kieran Connor do you want a home or an away question for your last one I'll take an away again you'll take an
5: away I like it
4: who was Martin's top goal scorer last season? Uh, I spend most of my days slagging Martin.
1: I should,
4: <laughs> I should know. Go to
1: Oh, that's a good answer, Connor, for a big five points. And you take a 10-6 lead into round two. Um, you all know the, the format of round two by now, so I'll give you some, some criteria and how to declare... How many answers you can give so kieran i'll start with you we are looking for the starting 11 of partick thistle in a 4-2 win at Tynecastle castle in may 2014. how many do you think you can name
4: um i'll go uh i'll go with
1: six six connor are you going to bid higher or let kieran go for it for five points i'm gonna let him go so, Kieran, six is the aim. If you name a substitute that came off the bench, you can have one life with one of them. If you name somebody that didn't appear, it's a sudden death scenario. So Connor will take the five points, and if Connor takes the five points here, he will win this match, J three tie. So Kieran, six names, take it away. Uh,
4: James Cregan. Yep. Lyle Taylor. Yep. Megan Boston. Yep. Uh, Adam Taylor Sinclair. Yes. And um, Paul Gallagher. Yes. One um, more. Lee
1: Mayer. Yeah, good work Kieran. Bit of showboating again, naming the goalkeeper on a particular this quiz. I like it. And you take an 11-10 lead. That was it, it,
4: a... was it was a tough one, it was either. It was either Scott Fox or Paul Gallagher. And I... You take an 11-10 lead
1: going into this last question. Connor, there are seven of these. I want to hear how many. Partick Thistle's European opponents you can name. There are seven. So clubs that Partick Thistle have officially played in competitive European competitions. How many can you name?
4: Um, I'm going to take it to auction rule one again. Kieran, do you want
1: to let Connor name one or are you going to? Up the, up the price. I'll up it to two. Two. Connor, do we hear three?
4: You do hear three. Three. Eight, Kieran, four. Um, I'll, I'll let Connor have this.
1: Right, Connor, three teams for for the win, uh, your first win of Group B. So let's hear them. Three teams, sudden death situation, any wrong answers. Kieran, we'll take the win.
4: I'm shaking under the pressure. Mets, the French yes. club. Yep. Honved. Yes. Glenn Torrin. That's some good work, Connor. For
1: five points and a late 15-11 victory over Kieran. Congratulations.
4: Oh, I've How are you feeling, that, Connor? Done money,
1: done money yep. that, right, do well that.
4: done, Connor.
3: That was really good. That was
2: well done. That was really good. Well done. Well done,
3: Connor. Can I, can I, make me... the <laughs> can I have the guest at the other four? Yep, sure.
1: Well, David, did edit a podcast about the Total Cup, so i am be know. disappointed if you don't get yeah, at least three right.
3: of them. Uh, Keflavik, yep. NK Zagreb, Las Klins yep. and Spartak Bernou. That is
1: correct, David. Well done, have showboated there for no reason, but congratulations. <laughs> and our last tie in match day three, Heather Holloway against David Forrest. This is a, a crucial one. Uh, with each player having one win and one defeat each. So this this could be um, a vital match in determining who reaches the semi-final. Heather, um, how are you feeling? It was a, an improved performance in match day two, clinching a, a 39 victory over Connor. Are you confident in going into this final match?
2: I think David and I will find a reason to complain about whatever happens uh, after at this result. But yeah, no, um Maybe I'm warming up a little bit, getting the the creative brain going, and we'll just see what happens.
1: Uh, David, have you got your excuses at the ready?
3: we, we live by the sword, we die by the sword. I, I'm not gonna lie, I'm absolutely shitting myself at this. Before in the first game, I was like, you know what? I don't really care, right? It's fine. I'm here to make a tip myself. I am actually like this. This is huge. This is this is the big one.
1: It's a, a semi final place on the line, so absolutely. we'll kick
3: off. Um,
1: same format as it's been, so you'll get five questions each on Thistle and then we'll go into to round two. Um, you can ask for an away question at any point. So, Helen, your question one. Who did Chris Doolan score his final competitive Partick Thistle goal against?
2: Oh, my gosh. Because I could have told you who he scored his first one against. Oh. And I could have told you how many, 121. Not including the goal school and it's... Um, I love Chris Dylan. This is such an annoying question. Um, It's not right, but Queen of the South.
1: It's not right and Chris Dylan would be very disappointed. David, for a bonus point. Was it Morton? Sure was, David. He scored two and a 3-0 win in March 2019. So, David, you're off the mark early here in this, this crunch game.
3: I just need to get I just need to keep the ball, not do anything daft early. Um, you know, set the tempo.
1: <laughs> so your question one, David. Who had their loan at Thistle terminated after a couple of weeks in 2021 without making a single appearance? Uh
3: twenty so twenty twenty-one as in the twenty one-twenty two season. In twenty
1: twenty one.
4: Oh, oh 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 right it was um
3: um oh I can never remember his name I know who it is. He was from Dundee and he got really good at Dundee. Is it Declan McDate? No. No and I-, I just remember to us. <laughs>
2: I've got no idea, um, because Jack Henry, not Jack Henry, the the stupid guy from him, um, he played the one that everyone thinks is Turnbull um on loan. Nah, I don't know.
1: It's Adam Devine, whose loan we terminated, so that we could then sign Scott Tiffany on loan. Do
3: you was- know? Do you know something that was the other one I thought of? But I thought, is it Robbie Muirhead who was meant to play for,
4: from Dundee?
1: No, I think we were going to sign McDade and then the, the shutdown happened, but I don't think we actually... I
4: was going to, I was going to say Declan Glass. Like, that was the one that was in my head, but that was 2020. I, I, I think no, Glass Adam Glass was well. the one. Uh, he got uh, injured and uh, friendly, I think, didn't he? Yeah. Heather, your
1: question too. Who assisted Gary Caldwell during his tenure? So who was Gary Caldwell's uh, number two?
2: <laughs> Brian Kerr.
1: Yeah, that is correct off the mark for two points well and he a really
2: done silly nickname i'm sure they called him like curzel <laughs> and he, I th-
1: he was he was weird man
2: this is weird with nicknames being longer than your actual name
3: uh, yeah was that, I'm I'm brian, on that was that who brian was i thought i was just a a, a a laptop guy who, who done stats on him but that makes so much sense now
1: i think i preferred gary caldwell to him honestly there's some just not right anyway we'll move on Um, david your question too Which Thistle goalkeeper played 135 minutes of football for the club and conceded eight
3: goals? (laughs) Um, Was it Torsten Strickman?
1: No, it was not.
3: You should never never answer Torsten Strickman. that's the rule.
2: Sorry, so not a current player?
1: No, he totaled 135 minutes in his time and conceded eight goals.
2: Um, oh gosh! I'm, all these excel, all these goalkeepers that were terrible are going to my head, but they played more than that. Um, that's not very long, is it? That's like a game, a game in a bit. Well, um, oh, I've got no idea. It's it's so wrong. But um, Hinchcliffe.
1: Nope. It was Mark Ridgers at the end of the 16-17 season. It was subbed on for Czerny at half-time and a 5-0 defeat against Celtic. Have
3: you actually done this to me again? (laughs)
1: You've got me to the (laughs)
3: Aberdeen goalkeeper wrong again.
1: Conceded six against Aberdeen. Sensation. (laughs) Question number three for you, David. Who were the last club that Thistle defeated in the Challenge Cup. So who were the last team that Thistle won a match against in
3: the Challenge Cup? Estran Ra.
1: Yes, two points for you David, well done. Heather, your question three. Stephen Anderson scored a decisive Scottish Cup winner against Mm -hmm. who in
2: 2019? Uh, Eh, St Johnson? No,
3: he
2: he played St Johnson, sorry.
3: Uh, so 2019 scottish cup we played against i'm going through names in my head give me a second um... i've got it i have to press you david <laughs> is it air tree no
2: It's East Fife. It
3: is East Uh, Fucking East Fife, so it is.
2: I was just thinking of who we used to play for. Oh, and then I thought Cup, and then I remembered we beat St. Johnson in the Cup. Oh, I'm having a shocker. Heather, your question for
1: what nationality is ex-Jag Suleiman Kulabali?
2: Okay, um, the Ivory Coast.
1: Yep, that is correct. I realise I've mucked up like the order of the questions I'm asking you, but I'm still asking you the correct questions for, for them, each of you, so, so don't worry if there were any concerned listeners out there, which I'm sure they're not. David, your question for who did Thistle defeat in the 1971 League Cup semi-final? It was uh, Falkirk. That is correct, good answer David. So we've got a question to go each. and. David, you're leading 5-4. Heather, do you want to play it safe for the home question or risk it? Home. Yeah, it was a good strategy in, in your, your match day two one to rely on round two. We're going for a similar tactic here. Your question, who did Partick Thistle defeat on the day of the September 11 terrorist attacks?
2: Oh, gosh. Um. Oh, um
3: Falkirk.
1: Nope. I'll pass over to you, David.
3: I'm going to say Inverness.
1: Incorrect. It was a a 3-0 victory over Berwick Rangers in the League Cup down in Berwick. So, David, um, you're five for it. Would you like a home or an away question to finish this round off? Heller's Bank on round two. You're going to go for a home. Your question, five. David Amu currently plays for what club?
3: Oh, for fuck's sake. <laughs> um, I'll go steel.
1: <laughs> nope Heather to level us up
2: okay I was talking about him recently of a friend so I feel like I've this is this is the stars aligning Stevenage. Stevenage.
1: That is the correct answer, Heather, for a point, and we are levelled up at
3: five points apiece. Not complaining about question placement now, are you?
1: <laughs> wow, this this could go down to points difference. This group, this is very close. So we go into a dis, a decisive round two. Kieran has already secured his place in the semi-finals. It all comes down to this for the the last semi-final berth. Heather and David, you're tied at five apiece. Whoever wins round two will go through to the semi-finals. Heather, I'm going to start with you. We are looking for eight names of signings in the January 2020 window. So that was the January 2020 winter transfer window. We signed eight players. How many do you think you can name?
2: Are you kidding? Oh, Oh, I I... This
1: yep. is like the fairest thing because David's going to get asked as well to to raise the bid
2: Dave, No, because I I know that David loves this kind of thing, like the whole like Jerry Jerry Britton, like that's all, folks. Um, um, I think I could name two.
1: David, David. I will go three. Heather, are you going to let him go three or go to four?
2: Um, I'll let David. I'll let David go for it.
1: Right, David. Three names for a big five points. Stephen Saunders. You fucked it. You fucked ah. it, since, remember, it? <laughs> You've got your your January nineteens and your January twenties mixed up. So, Heather, you take a five point lead, and we go to David. David, there are ten of these. Right. Clubs that Cami Bell has played for.
3: Oh, no. Two.
4: Heather. Three. David. Four. Heather. Five. David. Oh,
3: Jesus. Uh, I kind of need it, so I'm going to go six.
2: Oh,
1: my word. Heather.
2: Seven.
1: Oh, my crikey. David. This is so exciting. I'm actually
4: enjoying this. <laughs>
1: <laughs> I mean, nobody at home is getting any enjoyment out of this, but on the call, the, the tension is
4: yeah, it's palpable. It's palpable <laughs> yeah. David, do we hear eight? Um. Mm-hmm.
5: Eight.
1: Oh my Jesus! Heather, nine.
3: Are you going to let David go eight? Go on, Hannah.
1: Go on. If you can do nine, you should be writing a biography on Cami Bell.
2: Oh, gosh. Well, he's played for so many um, teams around us. Why not? Just for podcast history, nine?
1: Nine. Right, David, all oh ten. We're we going for all ten of Cami Bell's clubs. There's going to be like a, a drug test at the end of this if we can name it all ten of
3: Cammy Bell's clubs, but can you do it? Matt, I'm not going to lie. I don't think I can name four. I was just doing <laughs> it to put it off. Uh, name them. <laughs> You're gonna
1: go for it, David,
3: for the five, for the. Am I fuck? No, I am. Okay, Heather.
1: Right, we need nine then, Heather. It's a sudden death situation. (laughs) Any, any wrong answers, and
2: that's it. Right. Okay, thistle. Yes. Rangers. Yes. We loaned him to St. Johnston. Yes. That's three, right? hmm <laughs> Just sex <sets laughs> to go. <laughs> oh he la Falkirk. Yes. Kelly.
1: Yes. How many is that? <laughs> Five. Five.
2: Okay, just checking. Uh, uh, uh. He's been in Edinburgh because they have him on the Saturday, on the Friday night game. Some uh, la la hips. Hibs.
1: Yeah.
2: Queens Park. Yes. Let me how many is that? Seven. I've got two more I've got two more. Uh-huh. Mm-hmm. Where on earth are they coming from? Uh early career. Oh gosh. Ah. Oh. Queen of the South.
1: Goodness me, that is correct.
2: Okay, that's eight, right? Yeah. Oh God! Oh. I said, did I say I could name eight? Did I say I could name nine?
3: You said you named nine. I <laughs> why want to clarify. You said you yep. could name nine. Nine,
1: nine was the coil Taylor. We need one more. I'm, I'm going to have to push it.
2: Right. Uh, oh I've no, I have no idea. Pick a club. Pick a club. Uh, a faraway club. Uh, la la la.
1: I have to push it.
2: Ma- Martin, or no, Martin.
1: That, I'm afraid, is the incorrect <laughs> answer.
2: Well, I'm
1: looking for a right. Mon- <laughs> Mon- a lone spell at Montrose. And Dundee United was missed where he was famously oh. punted on Twitter.
2: Oh, sale. Sale. Oh,
5: Heather.
1: Oh, so, well. David, five points for you, and we finish with a 10 10 draw, which you're gonna to need to give me a minute to work out points difference here to see who's making it through. So, Kieran, congratulations, you're through as the group winner. And, well done, uh,
4: Let me right,
3: thank you. Thank you very much. He's a real star here. I'm not gonna lie, Heather. I I've um I don't know if you've ever heard of a board game called Power um, it's sort of like a Monopoly-style thing, but uh, I, I learnt from the best at that game just to ramp up the bids over and over again until someone
4: over themselves. <laughs> himself. I see, if I, you got, see if you I, got I, nine. I, I, I was I, honestly I, willing to give you my bloody top spot, man. That was incredible. <laughs> <laughs> the,
3: the best thing was is I was like, I won't name any of these. I think I got about seven when you were like, oh, you' were I, I had
4: Christ. Done the so I actually knew quite a few. I had done the United to save the uh, three penalties in a row didn't he that's
2: right yeah I thought I'd said it so I didn't I should have gone through them oh well okay if that's my last last dance then I'm happy that's it I'll just I'll bow out now
1: (laughs) this is a situation I did not prepare for we have an exact tie you've both won one drawn one lost one and your points difference is both minus one Kieran won in the group with six points and a plus 12 point difference Connor finishing fourth with three points and a minus 10 points difference but
2: I'll Heather give and David, I'll let David
1: I'll let go through we are, we are looking up let me look up a, a tiebreaker question here
2: oh, I was going to say I'll let, genuinely let David go through I think he he deserves well, it
1: if, if, if you need to you can throw this tiebreaker
2: question Okay. All right, let me he's so through. passionate he's so up for it I've
3: had i had my time in the sun. I, I'm I'm absolutely queen of the south in this um, in the COVID season. Aren't I? Where I'm just like Oh I, I you know if you didn't want to get eliminated, you maybe should have done med- take your medicine and all that. Um, but...
1: <laughs> okay, Jesus. I'm going to push you push you both for answers very quickly here. Okay, this is the tiebreaker question to decide who's going through his second seed from Group B. I want from both of you as quickly as possible
4: Alan Archibald's win percentage as part of this manager.
5: Ooh.
4: Oh, yeah. I'll,
3: I'll
2: uh. wait. So, you want us both to go?
3: Yep, I'll go. I'll or go first. Go, pers- go. Oh, sorry i'll go first and i'll say 43. <laughs> no i i know i know no i genuinely was about to say 40 to 43 i'm not gonna lie heather?
2: well i was gonna say 41. <laughs> uh yeah i'll just think of it 41 percent
1: it's one percentage was 33.6 percent so heather on a tie break question you're gonna progress to meet Reese in a, a big semi-final. Kieran, you will meet Jamie in the other semi-final. David, commiserations. How are you feeling, David, after that that cruel penalty shot-out exit there? I
3: know. I mean, like, I could have just said to Heather, that's fine, I'll take the semi-final place, but you know what? You need, you need to just get on with it. You know, I won't get the extra 150k money for, you know, uh, getting knocked out of the groups. But, um yeah, like well done, Hera. I'm I am i am not gonna lie, the, the Camu Bell one was sensational. The one that you'd missed, I I thought I knew it and then got told it was wrong. So I'm really glad that you, you went for that anyway. But congr- congratulations and well done.
2: David, that's extremely gracious. Thank you so much. Uh, I don't feel I deserve this. I thought you you had you played a blinder.
1: And Kieran, how are you feeling? Knowing that you're the top seat of group B, feeling any pressure?
4: Aye, uh, I especially when um, I hear that like Jamie got all three three the thing was wrong. But I think um, I, I did run uh, like corner close as well, but that was a that was a uh, well thought um, victory for him. But I am looking forward to it. Um I don't I don't fancy my chances in the semi finals, but you know, we'll wait and see. I was surprised I've surprised myself tonight, so we'll you know, stranger things can happen, you know what I mean.
2: David, Bye. who are you gonna be supporting?
4: You, uh,
3: well, you 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 know it's. Well, you ask me what my big team is for this. Like, who who am I actually supporting? Um, I
4: think I think because of the I think because of the rival we've got is going to do an anyone but Kieran instead of anybody but England or something. You know what I mean? I'm I'm going to take the 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 Yoko Ono approach and
3: say who do I think will win the Fissile quiz? A child that yearns for peace. I think that's what I'll for <laughs>
1: Right, we will look ahead now to the Morton game at Capello on Saturday. We've spoken about the goalkeeping issue and I think we all agreed, don't want to speak for everyone, but I think actually we all agreed that we'd probably all make a change in goals. So we'll just talk about the, the outfield changes we'd like to see, obviously Muirhead suspended, Holton is still out, Graham might be back, Lawless hopefully feeling a bit better this week, not too sure about Tiffany, but... Reese, I'll start with you. What sort of changes would you like to to see to the side for the game on Saturday?
0: That's the hang on to What can you do? No, we don't really know who's going to be fit, so we've just got to sort of pray to a, a higher power that they're all back fit. But as uh, things stand, I'd be happy with Mullen starting again. I've not been too keen on Dodge the last couple of weeks. I kind of voiced that in the chat at the weekend. I think that had Mullen been given the opportunities that Dodge has been getting, that Mullen would also have scored. The same amount of goals that Douds has. I don't think Douds is good enough at holding the ball up for a guy his size, but as I think Mullen was good at the weekend, I know it was his old team, maybe he knows how to play against these players, who knows. But I'd be, I'd be liking to see Mullen start again. Obviously, we touched on the red cards, so <sighs> dreading a defensive performance. You know what, Martin, I like? The balls will be swung in it head tight all day. So, McMullen's got to play at, at the heart of the defence. Guy can play anywhere. So, it's, it's about who partners him. We mentioned Brownlee's not really not up too much in a four, so it's going to be a back back three, back five, whatever weight what you we want to call it. Tunji Brownlee, McMillan. Apart from that, you're flying Lawless in if he's fit. So that would be my team. In, in regards to the game, Morton, Morton are mince. We absolutely scudded them three weeks ago, and that that's the beauty <laughs> of this league. You string together four results, and they are flying in the league. But I can't I actually kind believe that they are second in league and. it's it's, it's how good that this league is for a neutral that we can we're sitting second at halftime we're now sitting seventh and we can go back above Morton where we win at the weekend whether that happens or no it's a a different thing but Morton's getting away man With with
1: this sort of style Morton are going to play it might actually be an alright game for for Brownlee to to stay in there I don't think many Morton players are going to sort of run by him it it will be a sort of head it kick it game for our centre half so Saturday and Brownlee's fine at that there's there's sort of no questions over that at the moment Heather what about you
2: I have to say that I'm quite worried about it I think that they will be absolutely buzzing to play us and will be really fired up because of how the players but also how the fans celebrated the way that we beat them I know for a fact that I text my Morton pal and you know Took a lot of glory from that, from that, and um and I've kind of forgotten how that felt, but um I do worry for the defense, but I also worry for the midfield a little bit as well because um pulling Hodson in and out of there, I fear that Cami Smith's going to be relied upon, which um that really just can't happen at all. But you know what he needs to change something. Um I think that Mullen did really well for the second goal. I don't know if we mentioned that, but he his header um, the for then Milne to tap it in was brilliant. And if we can see more of that, it'd be great. You know, it's again the curse of the of the of the Twitter. The minute that we tweeted about the fact that um that Dowd's had this, you know, immense scoring record and whatever, he's dried up his goal tally, just like when Connor Salmon and the Pizza, you know. So um I do, I I really, I really worry about it. I think that and um, I almost couldn't imagine us playing like kind of Craig Levine uh, no strikers and just like let's plow the defense in because like you know let's just put extra bodies in there because they're just going to fire us all day and that Lewis Strap guy is just going to you know it's going to be long throw central and I mean last time we dealt with long throws Burnley scored no goal so I'm really not confident at all.
0: I know we're, we're slaughtering Anton Downs a wee bit but I don't know if any of you have watched the, the very limited footage back of the Air United game. The only footage you can find is a, a fan videoed one from the Air United stand. But the goal that Graham gets credited with, Graham is standing 20 yards away for the ball. That's Doud's goal. McMillan knocks it back across and Doud's rumbles it over the line. I can't I actually. How human would you be if you're Doud's and then Graham gets credited with that? You need to go and see it. In fact, I'll send it in the chat after this. It's wild. But I. He got a go a couple of weeks ago, but he's just not been given it. I think the, I think the fact please. that the actually given him it, because he mentioned um, when Graham won the Player of the Month, that doubted had scored on that game.
2: Can we also really mention, did you see that, that only... Was it this month that the only two options for Player of the Month were Brian Graham or Anton Dowd? So have I made that up?
1: No, they were. I'd have given it to Tiffany. It was for October, wasn't
2: it? I found it was, that I found that mad. I'm also hoping... Well, obviously, it depends what happens, but see if we lose. Well,
1: the Morton game was in the wasn't it? Yeah, it was. And Tiffany scored that wonder goal against Morton and
0: Hamilton and did nothing else. So surely he, he got I did, the, he I did it. McMillan, McMillan got two assists against her. Nobody even mentioned it.
2: I do think that if if things continue, uh, that we should be having a player of the month.
3: We had that a couple of years ago, didn't we? There was one time we were really bad and we had a player of the month and everyone absolutely... No, it was not player of the year when we get relegated. Was that well, not I, it? I don't... I can't
1: remember exactly, but I, I really like it when we do player of the month and I do get involved in just saying, what the fuck is this? And just looking through all the, re- <laughs> the raging replies going, player of the month? Oh, it's great. It's it's one of the few benefits of being on a bad run, so I'll keep player of the month, please. David, are you confident for Saturday's game? <laughs> You're predicting a 4 <laughs> 1
3: <laughs> Oh god right so let's look at the facts here, right? We are transcendentally bad, right? We cannot play football, we have no players. Um Morton turned into fucking Holland in 1978 every time they play us, apart from that one time we beat them 5 0. They will be they will go fucking Super Saiyan against us the fact that we are like in seventh and they are flying um it's that capital all those wee mutant wains will be banging on the corrugated iron as you go for your pie it's not looking great but counterpoint green up morton have one fuck all so two one thistle <laughs> My. i can't do it i just cannot do it heather
1: do you want to go for a prediction
2: I can't I almost don't want to because I don't want to predict a loss. I think that's do it,
3: Heather. You 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 um, don't even have points in the game here. You can just predict a thistle and just look daft and not not even lose the competition.
2: That's true. I yeah, no, um right, let's just okay, let's just do it. Let's just be rogue. Five-one thistle.
3: My word. Um Reece. If it's 5 one
0: thistle, I am <laughs> on
3: the pitch. <laughs> Reese,
1: your score prediction? We, we are all tied up at the moment
0: in the predictions league. I know, I predicted I that. I predicted that loss a couple of weeks ago, but I'm not going to go a loss again. And I was thinking a draw, but who wants to hear anybody predict a draw? So I'm going to say 2 one thistle so as well. I, I'll predict a draw.
1: I'll go 0-0. Nil, nil. I'll go 0-0 nil, nil, as bad Jesus. as I'll get, I think. Yeah, I'm Matt, where on
2: earth are you getting that from? Like, yeah, like we're going to we, need to, we have to have something
1: we're going to play Jamie Snedden. he's going to come and claim lots of crosses Darren Brownley's going to stand in a sort of 10 yard radius for the whole game and just head and kick balls away Stuart Barnigan will do all the running and close, we'll not give any throw-ins away it'll be great it'll be nil, nil no danger uh,
3: I
2: just can't believe Brownlee. Just- Matt is there a date in the diary for your race
1: not yet I would like to say, though, in fairness to Darren Brown he, he did have a good half hour. Well, I thought Darren Brownley was fine on Saturday. Like, t- he was well protected, heading it, kicking it. It, it was a, a decent second half performance. I'm only very concerned when folk run at Darren Brownley. That's my only concern. But on Saturday, it's a small pitch. Crosses will come in. He just needs to stand, head it. He'll be great. Head I, it,
2: not its own goal.
1: No. Yeah. Exactly. Exactly.
3: I I never thought I'd hear you say. Um, the prospect of a 0-0 at Capolo the words it's great one of the most oppressive (laughs) football games I can possibly conceive 0-0 at Capolo good grief Uh, David you can work your magic and
1: edit in Jamie's prediction here
0: despite being on terrible form I'll be the blind optimist and say we'll win 3-2 the defence has not been good recently so no clean sheet at all but I'll say we win 3-2 uh,
1: Heather, you were at Stuart Bannigan's Hall of Fame night on Saturday night. How was that?
2: It was really good. Um, it was really nice to be um, back with and see the players from that fantastic season. You know, this is something quite special about the, the championship winning team. Chris Dillon and Chris Erskine just spoke of such grace and class. Um, you know, I mean, Dillon. I think some people could have had a wee tear in their eye. He just gets this club so well. Uh, Stuart Bannigan was really emotional actually, and then um, you know actually in tears at the end, which is quite sweet. And I have to say, I really respected the fact he went round to everyone and thanked them for being there. I think he spoke to every single person in the room, and that's just something that I don't think you get at every club. And um, yeah, I, it was it was really good. Um, it was nice to be you know, around um fellow Thistle fans and while there was a little bit of disgruntlement about um, you know, the, the the current form and maybe other things that are going on at the club, it was positive and Stevie Lawless just stole the show. I mean, obviously it was a night for Stuart Bannigan, but I think Stevie Lawless was putting in his play for getting in the Hall of Fame at some time soon. Um he was he was fantastic and just absolutely ripped Bannigan for his dress and his um also, for when he used to play, remember when in the championship-winning season when Stuart Bannigan played left back, and he just absolutely tore Banzo apart for apparently the, the most horrific throw-ins that uh, that he used to receive. But yeah, it was great. And um, Stephen O'Donnell also has quite a lot of humour him So no, it was really good. Um, nice to be nice to be back and talking about some positive things about this Thistle.
1: Good stuff. That the picture it did look like a great night. There were some great pictures um, from it as well. After last week's win over Motherwell, David caught up with Thistle women's player,
3: Rebecca McGowan. So Becky, uh, good one 0 win against Motherwell. How do you feel?
5: Yeah, absolutely. Um, every game in this league's tough, so to go out there on a night like that and get a one 0 bit today, we're we're happy with that, and it puts us in a good position. <laughs>
3: Yeah, absolutely. It takes you from 6th up to 5th past Hibs. So you're you're kind of hitting the top 6. I, I believe the top 6 is a goal for yourselves this year, is that right?
5: Yeah, it's one of our aims, but we just take um, each game as it comes and prepare each game as it comes. Um, we don't look too ahead of ourselves, so it was good to go out there tonight and, and get the, the victory in a, a clean sheet.
3: Obviously, the conditions weren't very good today, so uh, how, how did you find it in the wind and rain?
5: Yeah, we had to adapt. Um, we like to get the ball down and play. Yeah. Um, so the weather wasn't great
3: but we weren't going to use that as an excuse um, so we've done the best we could um, and we managed to see the game out well at the end. and with the wind obviously
5: Rachel Donaldson's goal was a fantastic goal what did you think about that? <laughs> she's looking at me right now so I'm glad to say it's I, brilliant um, yet. no nah, it's an absolute screamer um,
3: she does it in training so she's <laughs> it there I'm sure she does she's
5: still <laughs> went out there and put it in the bag tonight so it's a
3: good, good finish from her were you sitting there thinking with the wind that you could have hit one in from that range you know what
5: Aye, yeah, that's what we said um, at
3: the start of the game. We need to test the keeper because in that weather you don't know what's going to happen. Um, so yeah, it was a good finish by Rachel. There was quite a bit of needle at the end. It was quite a tense and sort of, yeah, it was a very to and fro game. There was a lot of physicality and stuff like that. Is that something that Brian's sort of instilled in you? So how did you
5: it's always it's a, when you go one nil up it's always going to be close and um, we want to see the game out so I thought that we'd done it well managed it well um, and we've got to see the game out when you're one nil up so um, just everybody everybody battling for each other and together and to see the team um, it really shows
3: in the past yeah, definitely and and um yeah, I believe you're off, you're, you've are you not got a game on Sunday, so how are you feeling about your next game in the league the week after? You've got a week to prepare.
5: Yeah, we'll, we'll rest up and recover. Um, we'll be friendly, um, so we'll go into that like any other game as well and get minutes in the leg and rest up till then and we'll take the, the game as it comes. Um, there's another chance to go up the league.
3: Sorry. Well, uh, thank you very much, Becky, and congratulations.
5: Thank you very
1: much. Well, we'll finish as we always do with with Partridge Thistle, and I'm going to ask you, all, do you currently, or have you ever collected anything? Anyone?
0: Uh, not at the moment. When I was younger, I used to collect uh, programs. Like, I've got because like, 'cause I, I've got like, a few shoeboxes for like just old programs from way back, in, like 2000, 2008, up to probably like 2000. 14 15 something like that. and then I just end up chucking them. I'm like, what am I doing? I've not got room for all this nonsense. So and it's just a hassle going out your way trying try to get them at every game because sometimes you're having to like chase chase up them, like chase them up and that. So I don't do it anymore. So I probably don't have it that I collected at the moment. Um sort of memorabilia or anything like that. Just other shit.
2: I used to collect um like football stickers. Like do do the, do the albums and stuff. I only managed to do it during um, the seasons when Thistle weren't in the Premier League though, which was quite frustrating. Um, but I'm obviously currently um, on my collection of Jags Foundation pins and I'm hopefully aim to, to to get all of them. And I guess I actually, I mean, this is a bit soppy, but like whenever like my class like draw me pictures and things like that, I keep them all and I, cl- and I have them from over the years, which is really lovely. Um, you know and you can especially when they all get a bit older and you kind of embarrass them embarrass them the kind of stuff that they used to say to you when they were when they were in primary school so yeah I do collect my pupils work
1: that's very nice are we getting any exclusive teasers on uh, any future Jags Foundation pins
2: Um, I would say that there's going to be something quite special at Christmas
3: and David you're a collector yeah, I mean, to be honest, Heather and Reese have nicked most. I, I used to, I to I still collect programs and I do buy them. I collect them since I was like really, really, really young. I used to uh, I remember one of the best days ever. I, I went to the old Hamden just before they were knocking it down, and they came in and they said, "We've got hundreds and hundreds of programmes we cannot shift. Would you like all of them from like Cup Finals and Scotland games and everything in Queen's Park?" So I said, "A, a huge box." So I, I still collect programmes, but FISU don't do them anymore, and obviously we know FISU are listening. Um, do programmes again? I, I really like programmes. You should, you should do them again. I also usually collect the World Cup, World Cup stickers and the Euro stickers. Me and my wife have a tradition where we kinda do them together and she has a big spreadsheet and stuff like that, and we all so really we know what ones we need and stuff like that. But I, I think adulthood is really biting on this World Cup. I'm just absolutely not asked whatsoever with it, and we've not really done much with the World Cup. But I usually do that. But I used to collect coins, um, and my dad collects stamps. So I, I also, whenever I go on holiday, I buy him stamps because he doesn't have a passport and doesn't travel abroad. But um, I used to collect coins as well, with 50p's and pounds. I've got a full set of. Uh, one one of the low moments uh, when I went to America, I got a full set of the quarters. So every yeah, yeah. where the quarters have the different states on them. I got every state and the territories in the space of a two-week trip. Ah, and cool. like some of it was literally going into banks and going, do you have any West Virginia quarters that I could get? Um, and to be fair, they great about it. But yeah, I, I don't do any much. They've kind of standardized all the pound coins and stuff like that as well. And it's not as good anymore. But yeah, coins.
1: No, that is cool. I ask because I'm sort of currently trying to finish my Doctor Who collection. I got the the 2022 specials today in a, a steel book, and it was a very nice DVD cover, actually. So that's taking me back to every having every episode back to 77. I think I need two Tom Bakers, and then I'm back into the, the Troutons and, and Hartnells. I think I've got about 10 to get in total. There's obviously about 20 missing because the BBC just sort of in their Doctor Whos and they're like sort of cutting about in Nigeria somewhere and they've not been recovered yet so we've got about uh, 10 full stories to go and about 20 missing ones
3: Nah I'm going to put a composite a question for you here. Go for it Would you take relegation for all 20 Doctor Who episodes to come out?
1: Oh it's not just episodes it's like stories so it's like every story's got like between like 4 and 7 or 8 parts so there's probably about 80 missing episodes, so, so yes I would
3: Yeah, <laughs> uh, yeah, I, I, yeah, that's nah, fair enough I, like, 80 episodes we,
1: We'll win League One
3: I know, and you would not so, see yeah. any Because you'll be too busy yeah. watching 1964 Doctor Who Exactly <laughs> to, <laughs> to watch a relegation but
2: Also, we didn't get to fully like, Be there and celebrate it So maybe that's what McCall's thinking He's like, oh, you know, we're not going to win this league So maybe we'll just go win the other one
3: i will be a exactly. bastard when Monkeypox comes along and fucking shuts us out again, legal One again. Um, I, have,
2: I have to say, see, during Banigan's speech, he did say about... He did mention promotion, and he did say, he was like, this year or maybe next year. And I felt that was the first time that we've kind of acknowledged the fact that it could not happen.
3: Because well, last that- year, we were very <laughs> coy about, like... You never mentioning the process of promotion, and this year, really, I will win We I like win it. And yeah, I, I think I agree. It's, it's
1: I the... thought you were going to come in there, Heather, and say, or Stuart can come in. And he said he's a big Doctor Who fan in his speech, he loves John Pertwee's stuff.
2: Oh, well, let's change it to that. that yeah, that's
1: better. Um, so we will leave it there this week. It's been a long episode to, to dissect another defeat. We will be back next week to look back on the Morton game, hopefully a more positive podcast and to look ahead to the cup tie against Kelty Hearts in the meantime stay safe